Hey everyone, and welcome to the Renaissance Podcast. Our goal at Renaissance is to expose the heart of our city to the truth and love of Jesus. And if you want to be a part of that, then follow us on social media by searching Renaissance Decatur, or you can connect with us at renaissancedecatur.org. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Let's get started. We call the Bible a book, but did you know it's actually 66 different books combined into a single library? It was written by 40 plus authors spanning over 1600 years as they tell us the stories of men and women as they follow God in and through their lives. But each of these individual chapters all point to a greater story, the story of God saving the world through his son, Jesus. Now, in the New Testament, we read four biographical accounts of Jesus' life. The Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John teach us about the places that Jesus walked, the people he met, and the things that he said. In the coming weeks, I've asked four of my friends to look at all of the things that Jesus said and to focus in on just one. The question that I'm asking them to answer for all of us is this. Of all the things that Jesus said, What is that one thing that inspires you the most? Today, we will hear from Kyle Karsten, a man who is living out the words of Jesus by serving to meet the greatest needs in our community. As development director for the Salvation Army Indicator, Kyle spends his days putting into practice what Jesus said about loving our neighbors and serving the poor. It is evident in his life how the words of Jesus have inspired him, and I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Will you join me in welcoming my friend, Kyle Karsten? Thank you. Thank you very much. Task number one was get the microphone hooked up and turned on correctly. So we accomplished one thing. So honored to be asked to be part of of this series. As the video said, um, I've been at the Salvation Army as Director of Development. Director of Development is fundraising and community relations. So I've been there for three years. Um, I would tell you when I get a chance to go out and speak to people, uh, it certainly hasn't been in a setting like this, so this is new for me. But when I get a chance to talk about the Salvation Army, the number one thing I would like you all, whoever I speak to, to, to take away from it would be knowing the programs that the Salvation Army has in case there are people in need in this community that could possibly be helped uh, with the programs of the Salvation Army. So I wanna just talk to you about those. There's five particular programs. Uh, We have a food pantry. Uh, We're located over here on the corner of Church and Main, Church and Wood Street. Uh, Our food pantry is open to uh, providing food for families and individuals. We have a men's shelter, uh, which has 30 beds in it that are most of the time always full. An extension of that program is our cold cots program. So in addition to those 30 beds, we have uh, another 25 to 30 cots that will help get men off the street in the extreme dangerous cold. Remember how cold it was this past winter? 100 different men, 100 different men came through our cold cots program. 
Uh, actually, 26 of them got into our regular program and actually ended up with their own housing, a job, and back to self-sufficiency, which is why we do what we do, absolutely. And that, that is inspiring. That is why we do what we do. How can we help you now? How can we help you get your life back on track? Other ways that we do that, single moms, uh, single parents, mostly single moms. It's a Pathway of Hope program. It's called Pathway of Hope that helps usually single moms with kids under the age of 18, help them where they are, overcome some challenges, set some goals, and how can we help break the cycle of poverty for multiple generations? Uh, those kids and grandkids are gonna have a harder time getting to life self-sufficiency if they kind of have that as their path. Two other programs that we have, um, focus on veterans programs in a lot of different ways. We will never turn a veteran away from, from our programs um, that we can offer. A lot of the veterans um, that served our country so faithfully, we find uh, in need of our help and we're there for them. And then the final program is emergency services. So emergency services, you might see um, us respond to a, a national tragedy or even a local tragedy. So we had we had a team that went down to Taylorville when, when, the, when the tornado hit, as an example. But there's local emergency. Local emergency would be, how about help with a heating bill so that you don't lose your heat in the middle of winter? Or how about helping you with a rent payment so that you don't get evicted and become homeless and then uh, have an, an even bigger situation to, to get past? So that's the Salvation Army. Um, I'm, I'm honored to serve the community and serve God in that way. What the video did not show was what I did for my entire other years of, of service in terms of, uh, of an occupation. So I was a school administrator or a school teacher for 24 years prior to, to doing Salvation Army for the last three years. Taught and coached for four years, assistant principal, principal, superintendent, um, there hasn't been a day where what I've had a, a, a chance to do and get paid for hasn't been um, with the focus of, of helping other people. And I only say that to, to emphasize that God will continue to use people where he has, has uh, plans for us to be. One other really important part of, of me introducing myself to you is my family. And uh, I have three children. Uh, you'll see this picture up here on the screen. Uh, my youngest son, Grant, that was his high school graduation from LSA here uh, this past month, month and a half ago. He's going to go on to Concordia University in Milwaukee, Wisconsin next year. His sister, <coughs> Taryn, and his brother, Garrett, are also in the picture. Taryn's a senior at ISU, and Garrett just graduated from ISU. So proud of them. Um, and my lovely wife there in the middle in the pink dress, uh, we just celebrated 26 years of marriage. So I'm just honored to have been a part of, of that. And the other two people in that picture, uh, as, as way of introduction, um, my parents, my mom and dad, they uh, actually will be here at the six o'clock service tonight. My dad's a pastor, and um, so, I'm a pastor's kid, and this is exactly what I did not ever want to do, right here. So he'll get a kick out of that tonight. Um, he's going he's gonna to be part. He, he's actually preaching today and kind of 
uh, different kind of phone call last night where we say, hey, you know, blessings on your message, and, and he said the same to me. So I'm going to take us on three journeys. I, I, I introduce all of that to say I have a couple of journeys, I have a couple of stories that I don't want necessarily to be my journey, but my journey will be our platform. So I want to I take us on a journey today of just the experience of getting ready for this sermon series. The second journey I want to take you on is a faith journey. With my dad being a pastor, not because he was a pastor, but I, I was raised in the church. I, I don't know a day where I didn't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And yet, the last couple of years, God has just really put a personal, personal relationship as part of that faith journey. And I want to share that with you today. And, and the third journey I'll take you into is, um, is a life journey. I believe your faith helps you through life. I, I used to say I don't know how people could get through tough times in their life without God. But now I say watch people get through tough times with God. So I believe it helps us get through life, and I believe that life circumstances is ways that God uses to draw us closer to him. And so I'm going to take us on three journeys. Every one of these journeys is sprinkled with, uh, with scripture, and every one of these is sprinkled with a little bit of uh, contemporary worship music, and I think that's been part of, of uh, my journeys, and I'll share that with you. So all that being said, I'm just a regular guy who's, uh, who loves the Lord, who watches the Lord work on his life on a daily basis, and I hope that uh, what we share today would just bring somebody closer to Jesus. So let's pray to that. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, uh, we call you here to be with us today. Call your spirit down that the words and the experiences that we share might just bring us closer to you. Uh, walk us through that touch us with your Holy Spirit in a special way today and in the days ahead. And we pray these things in Jesus' name today. Amen. So the first journey was um, one that I would ask you to go on in the next month. I want you to pretend that you're going to be the one who answers the question, what's that one thing that inspires your faith the most? That may lead you on a journey to finding your faith or reminding you of your faith. But I would want you to be ready, maybe not necessarily to stand up here, but to tell your story to someone else through your life and through the words that you share that might bring them closer to Jesus. Here's the experience. Joe says, hey, we want you to speak for this sermon series. Okay. Well, don't answer now. Take a week to think about it. And that's all I thought about. Then he said, okay, we want you to pitch your idea. I thought I was just going to be meeting with Joe. It's all three pastors for an hour pitching my idea. <laughs> and then it got better because then it was, okay, now pitch your outline. What are you going to talk about? And I'm going to tell you, these three guys poured their, themselves and God's spirit through this experience into me. So that if nothing else, I watched my life just transform in the last month. I can't explain it other than my prayer was to the Holy Spirit, fill me with the idea that you would want me to share. And he did <laughs> constantly. The, 
thing that you should know is that you should thank these pastors for spending that kind of time because I got to practice up here twice. The first time I practiced, I preached an hour, an hour, and it was like five minutes. So I get a new appreciation for them, and obviously they did all us, us all a favor not to make Wren history today with the longest Wren service ever. So thank you for that. But great input. So my one thing, my one thing is that God wants all men to be saved. He wants every single person on this world, in this world, on this, on this planet, to know Jesus as personal Lord and Savior. He wants every single one of us in a personal, loving relationship with him. As I mentioned, uh, I've known what Jesus has done for me for my entire life. I think the difference these last years is that it became very, very personal to me. I mean, I'm telling you, I can't right now get enough of Jesus and worship in him. And I don't understand what the difference is until I know that he continues to work on people's hearts. I find myself closest to him when I experience his love, his personal love for me, and that I get a chance to hear that a lot of times through music, and then all I can do is turn my life as a thank you in response to that. That's what's made it more personal for me. Jesus tells a parable, I wanna to go to God's word, if you have a black Bible in front of you, out of the seats around you, it's page 874. But in God's word, through the experience of getting ready for this, it's amazing how many places Jesus speaks. This isn't just God's word, these are his words. His words to certain people at certain times, at certain places. His words to the, the people who are following him, people who knew of him, people who knew him, people who had never heard of him. And it's pretty incredible that some of the stories that he tells were words that he spoke when he was hanging on the cross, words that he spoke when he had just risen from the dead. If you go through the Bible, you'll see red letters some, some Bible versions have actual red print, and many of you already know this. Those are the actual words of Jesus. So I found myself finding a lot of things that this, what's that one thing could have been, but I landed here. This is a parable that he was telling people that were in, in relation to him and during a certain time. So it's the parable of the lost sheep, and it's, Luke 15, verses 1 through 7. I think it'll be up on the screen as I would read this to us as well. So the parable of the lost sheep. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. I think it's interesting that he's about to tell this story because of that. Who's he, re who, who's he interacting with? He's interacting with the lowest of the low in that day, sinners, broken people, people in need of him the most, and that's who he reached out to. And then he, then he tells us 
them this story. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he'd lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in open country and go after the one that's lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there, were, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. So I think the obvious thing here would be a comparison to sheep and us and a comparison to the shepherd and Jesus. So pretty obvious, but kind of make you think here a little bit. The sheep wandered away and got lost. The sheep needed saving and the sheep could not save itself. Just like we sometimes wander away and get lost, that we also need saving and that we cannot save ourselves. I've known the message of my Lord and Savior coming up with a plan because I couldn't save myself and that he would send Jesus to do that for me. But look at the sheep. He doesn't say, determine which sheep to go after. The shepherd didn't say, well, okay, I lost one sheep, but which sheep is it? Is it the skinny loser sheep or is it the really good sheep? He doesn't ask that question. He probably doesn't even ask if that was the same sheep that wandered away yesterday. But that shepherd drops everything and goes and finds the sheep. The sheep wandered away and got lost, needed saving. And key here, couldn't save himself. And that sheep, who knows where he was, what, it was, what was going on, but there was no way he deserved to be rescued, earned rescue, or even asked, much less that he could have saved himself. The shepherd then, are you kidding me? Leaves not just 99 sheep, but 99 sheep in open country to go and find one. Now I'm not a professional on sheep herding by any stretch, but I can do the math there. You would really leave 99 sheep to find the one? Yes, no questions asked. Just like Jesus, doesn't even ask who's that lost, what caused them to be lost, where are they, what's the circumstance that they're, no. That Jesus would stop and love each of us, each of you, so much that he would leave the 99 and focus just on his love and concern for you. I love the picture that he would then drape his, his, us over his shoulders like that shepherd would a sheep to take us back to where we belong, where we need to be, and then rejoice about it. Not just a task, but it just warms his heart. So this second journey of faith for me, I said I, I, I found that it's more personal, really, really focuses on the word grace Grace. I've learned grace to be defined as 
undeserved love, or even more, love that we don't deserve, we're getting something we don't deserve when Jesus sent his son to die for us. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. You know what? Let's even walk past that. We didn't have to do anything to earn it. We didn't have to do anything to deserve it. But he stops everything, leaves the 99 to go and find you, me. I think it's interesting in that faith journey that it's not like I wandered away and didn't know Jesus for the last almost 50 years of my life. But sometimes life causes us to wander away. Daily temptations, daily struggles, leading us away, and he knows just when, where, and how he has to respond. And he does. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. We also serve a God of mercy. And these are church words that you see maybe thrown around together. Mercy is not getting something you did deserve. The punishment of, say whatever you want. A police officer pulls you over. You deserve a ticket, and he shows you mercy. You don't get what you do deserve. What's well, bigger than that in our, in, in our faith life, isn't it? What we deserve is nothing and really eternal eternity away from Jesus. That's what we deserve because of who we are. I don't know about you, but I try to respond on a daily basis, turn my life around, just do, 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 do some kind of, of intentional change. You know, the Bible talks about the good that I want to do, I don't do, and the bad that I know I'm not supposed to do, that's what I keep on doing. A anybody else relate to that? I'm thankful then for mercy, not getting what I do deserve. There's a Bible verse that talks about grace, that we are saved by grace, through faith. Let me go deeper into grace. Jeff shared this with me. Grace is recklessly generous. Grace doesn't make demands. Grace is usually given to the, long, to the wrong person. Grace doesn't keep score. There's nothing to earn or deserve it. Grace respect, expects nothing in return. It's free. It's the free gift that God offers to each one of you, eternal life through his son who has done it all. Wow. It defies logic. It's one-way love, he calls it. I remember being raised in the church. It was a traditional worship setting, which a lot of churches were you know, some 40 and 50 years ago. Wonderful to know that you know, my, my parents had brought me to faith early, but I remember the hymn, Amazing Grace. Anybody? Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace seems to be the most fitting title you could ever have. The word amazing next to grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind 
but now I see. It reminds us of the work that he has done through his grace, through his undeserved love for us. We, and if you listen to regular worship songs, we sing, this is amazing grace. Remember that, that song? This is amazing grace, it's unfailing love that he would take our place and bear our cross. He laid down his life so that we would be set free. And Jesus, we sing for all that you've done for me. The third journey is a journey of life. I said earlier that I don't know how people would get through tough times in their life without God. Better to say, watch people get through tough times with God. I don't know what you think of when we talk about tough life, tough life experiences, but you know what? Just because we're a believer, I mean, we've, we have eternal life as a believer, but he doesn't promise, Jesus doesn't promise that life's gonna be easy because you're a believer. He actually tells us the opposite. I'm looking at page 903. It's a verse from the book of John. In, in John 16, verse 33 says, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So I don't know what you think of when you think of tough life times, but for every single one of us, there will be, there might be right now tough life times. There will be tough life times going forward. Count on it. I don't wish that on anybody. I don't wish it on myself, but God tells us it's coming. What are we gonna do with that? That he would, let me have you think of your tough lifetimes. I hit an all-time low a few years ago. Feelings of, a broken spirit, unknown, couldn't eat, couldn't sleep, didn't know what tomorrow would look like. My family walked that journey with me. So we were having some of those same feelings and additionally, depending on the day and who and what. Now for some of you, it's, it, it's, it's death, divorce, it's a loss of a job, it's some kind of, of life-changing moment that just sucks. And what am I gonna do to get through it? I would sit on my patio during that time with some of those same feelings that maybe you have had, and I would just sob. There were a lot of songs that now looking back, and isn't hindsight a little bit easier sometimes to look back, but there were songs that would come on during that time that now I hear today, looking back. Uh, Praise you in the storm. My heart will beat again. Thy will be done. So some of you that listen to that kind of music, you know. So that when a storm is going on, that he would ask us to praise him during it. Really? What helped me get through it, I heard someone speak about praying his promises. They talked about a prayer life, you know, asking God for help, 
But I've been reminded that, you know, praise him in the storm, well, that's when we need his help. Praise him when things are good, when we're on the mountaintop, as some of the songs that we've already sung today, and we, will, and we will sing, and when we're in the deepest valley and everything in between. But this prayer life um, presentation, it's probably something on the radio that I heard, said, pray his promises. He's already got his exact words in the Bible to relate to your situation. Find it. You promise in your word that this will be, you will be a God of comfort. You promise in your word that you want all men to be saved. You promise in your word that you will never leave us and never forsake us. Find those promises. And I found those promises and then I prayed them intentionally back to Jesus. And I wanna share a couple of those promises with you. There's no patent on these. You can run with these after today. Or you might find your own. But there's four verses that kept coming back to me. My, my particular situation, um, I was losing hope. I, I didn't know what tomorrow would look like. So I was reminded, Jeremiah, that I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, declares the Lord. Not whispers, not say, declares the Lord. I know the, I know the plans I have for you to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. When you sit and you sob without hope and hear him say that I only want to, to have plans that will prosper you and not to harm you, I prayed that promise and needed to hear him, feel him, give me the hope that I needed for whatever my future was going to look like. Another verse that I prayed a lot, and I actually have some shirts that have trust on it, trust. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. When I was trying to figure life out, I was using my own understanding. That verse says, trust me, don't put it on yourself and try to figure it out on your own. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. I didn't even have a path that I felt I could walk on, much less a path that wasn't straight. So my prayer to him was, help me to trust you. Take this off of me trying to figure it out. You're going to have to do this. Those tough things that you're going through or will go through. Trust that he will help you through it. A third verse was Romans 8, 28. <laughs> All things work for good to those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. I don't know that all things work for good always until you finish that verse. All things do work for good. His good, his good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Lord, it's been 47 years of me loving you. What's the problem? Lord, I've been called to your purpose. 
I've served in, in, in Christian schools for 24 years. That's got to count for something. You're questioning that, that I am not called to your purpose. Okay, help me to be called to your purpose and remind me that you will, you will bring good from, from things that don't necessarily look good in our lives. And over all of that, John 3, 16. His love never changed. Like that sheep that wandered away, I didn't wander away not believing in Jesus. Thank goodness that that was my foundation. When life crumbles around you and you fall, what do you land on? Thankfully, I landed on a foundation that was Jesus. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. That's not just for the unbeliever. Although, who's that person that does not yet know Jesus in your life? He wants that person to be saved. But he reminds every one of us that knows the Lord how much he loves us. I look back at what Jesus has done for me and the scars that he took, nails in the hands and nails in his feet, and yet he said, Kyle, I love you so much, and then he reached out and died on that cross, and that's how, that's how, how much he said he loves me. But it was because of the scars, because of his grace. And then I look back at my life, you look back on yours, Wounds have to heal before they become scars. And Jesus can help those wounds heal in our lives. And then did you ever say thank you for the scars? This is a song that says, I'm thankful for the scars. Jesus' scars, his work on the cross, those scars that, that were created in his own flesh, but the scars that we go through in life. Have you ever looked back and said, I'm thankful for the scars? It says this, waking up to a new sunrise, looking back from the other side, I can see now with open eyes, darkest water and deepest pain. I wouldn't trade it for anything because my brokenness brought me to you and these wounds are a story you'll use. So I'm thankful for the scars because without them, I wouldn't know your heart. I know they'll always tell of who you are, so forever, I'm thankful for the scars. I can see, I can see how you delivered me. In your hands, in your feet, I found my victory. So I'm thankful for your scars, because without them, I wouldn't know your heart. And with my life, I tell you, with my life, I'll tell of who you are, so forever I'm thankful for the scars. You know, as I look back on what Jesus has done for me, and I look back on what he has done in my life to draw me closer to him, I can look back and say I'm thankful for the scars. The band's gonna come back up here and, and we're gonna stay in a, in a time of worship. What was interesting about this journey was TJ, our, our worship uh, director, and I had this discussion that, hey, here's, here's, my, here's my topic for this, 
for this sermon series, could you play these songs? And he goes, Kyle, that's not how it works. We already have these songs, <laughs> but he didn't know my topic. I want you to think of this, the words that we've already sang. The power of Jesus, his work in our lives during tough times and great times. Those words have already been chosen by our Lord and Savior through the work of the Holy Spirit today. And he doesn't stop there with these next couple of songs. I want to tell you something. Jack, I'm going to go off script. But I got 35 more minutes, don't I? <laughs> Hour? <laughs> All right. No, but I'm going to go off script here. Um, those of you who follow social media, good or bad Facebook memories, come up, pop up. True story. June 23rd, 2016. This is three years ago when I was at my all-time low. This was a devotion that I found. It was part of my life that day. A thorn in the flesh, such vivid imagery. The sharp end of a thorn pierces the soft skin of life and lodges beneath the surface. Every step is a reminder of the thorn in the flesh. Take it away. You've pleaded not once, not twice, not even just three times. But you've heard the same words. My grace is sufficient for you. These were words to Paul. Paul's referring to a sustaining grace. Grace that meets us at our point of need, equips us with courage, wisdom, and strength. Sustaining grace that promises not the absence of struggle, but the presence of God. My grace is sufficient for you, for a life eternal and for life on this earth. The next song that we're going to sing is a song called Extravagant. And the words of that song, I think, summarizes it for me. That he would love us so much makes no sense to me. That he would go to a cross and die makes no sense to me. But it doesn't have to make sense. He loves us that much. My prayer today for all of you is that one day we'll see each other in heaven and that you will see on a daily basis the impact that that faith relationship with Jesus can have on life. Let's pray as we end. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, what an amazing God of grace you are. Giving us what we don't deserve when you chose to send your son, Jesus. Thank you for loving us in a way that just really to us makes no sense. Whether that journey today is starting or continuing, in a saving relationship with you. Or maybe that journey today is just a reminder of praying your promises during a, a tough, tough time that we're going through right now. Whatever our journey is, Lord, we know that you walk it with us. You've done it all. Our, 
life is complete with you, your grace is sufficient for us. Let us know that in a special way today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We're so excited to see the things that God is doing in our community. And if you're looking for a way to get involved in that, then please go to rendicator.org and make a commitment to being a part of showing the people of Decatur the truth of Jesus and how much he loves them.